listening to Nightcaller's Bigfoot. Good evening and welcome to Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight we're going to be chatting with Amy Boo, Bigfoot researcher, educator, and certified volunteer naturalist. But before we get into it, I would like to ask that you show some love for the hardworking Nightcaller's team by hitting that thumbs up on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. And don't forget to subscribe and ring that notification bell for updates on new shows and content. You can find Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, or any uh, podcast app of your choosing. I appreciate everything, all the support and all the views and likes and all the love that you show Nightcaller's. Thank you, everybody. And now we're going to go ahead and get to Miss Amy Boo. How are you doing tonight, Amy? I'm doing so well. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so honored that you're here. You know I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Thank you. And back at you. Oh, thanks. Um, So I actually met Amy for the first time this past October in uh, Jefferson. And she was sitting there at her table, her able table. (laughs) And um, I actually, so I was talking to some paranormal gentlemen next to the table. They were very nice and telling them about my podcast and everything. And Amy had been sitting there and she said, oh, are you Lauren from Night Callers? And I said, oh yeah. And you know, I just thought it was so nice. She knew who I was, you know? And, um, and she said, oh, I like your show. And I'm like, thank you. And you are, she said, Amy Boo. You guys, I fangirled embarrassingly so but I didn't she had a mask on and I just didn't recognize her at all <laughs> anyway and my, and my hair got a little grayer because of the uh, you know the COVID, the and season. I'm used to seeing her like with a ball cap and a ponytail yeah. and like you know um anyway so I totally fangirled and we chatted and I want y'all to know she is just as nice in person as she comes across on video <laughs> yes um so you know that you're a researcher, which is amazing, but you're a female researcher, which is even more amazing to me. As we know, I'm a huge fan of female researchers and supporting the female side of research. Um, so Amy being my favorite Bigfoot research, female Bigfoot researcher is actually kicking off ladies month. So starting with Amy for the next few shows, all the way until the end of January, we are going to have nothing but ladies on night callers to show, um, all the amazing ladies who are out there in the field getting, you know, down in the dirt, looking for evidence and, um, you know, trying to bring some, uh, truth to the subject and, and good stuff. So, so you're a researcher, which is great. Um, she is a certified volunteer naturalist, which is awesome. And a teacher of young minds, which is you know, I have so much respect for teachers. I really do. And an educator. And that, that doesn't just mean for, um, you know, public schools. That means, you know, she educates through speaking engagements. She takes kids out in the field to take them into nature and teach them about that. She also educates adults on Bigfoot and all of her projects. So I think that is just, that's wonderful. Thanks. Wonderful. I love it. I love doing what I do. <laughs> That's amazing. So what can you tell me about, like, how did you get started in the topic of Bigfoot? Well, Bigfoot was not on my radar at all. So the fact that I'm here talking to you or doing all the different things <laughs> I do, I wake up sometimes and I just laugh about it because mm-hmm. it's such a, uh, you know, a path that I never thought I would be on. But in 2012, in April, 
I saw something that really changed the course of my life. And while I can't say personally, I can't say that for sure, 100% I saw Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is what I saw. You know, I think it is. I, yeah. It was just far away. Right. So I was in a passenger in a car going over a bridge over a body of water in Ohio of all places. And I definitely, if I had thought of Bigfoot, I would not think that it would be somewhere like that. Right. There were a lot of sightings in Ohio. And I saw something standing along the shore that I can't explain. And it was very large and especially very wide. It was definitely living because it moved. And it was holding onto a tree, looking out at these birds that were swarming around a cement block that was out in that water. And I had, that's what drew my eyes there because I was looking at the birds and then mm-hmm. I kind of just looked to the left. And I, I, you know, we were, we were going over the bridge and 50 miles an hour, at least I'd say, I'm not sure at the time. And when we got, you know, right across from it, the, mm-hmm. the closest to it that we could, it was still about a hundred yards, I'd say. I'm not good at distances, but I've had other people. <laughs> I'm out. the same way. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't be 100% sure, but that's what it looked like to the to the extent that mm-hmm. I yelled, I think I just saw Bigfoot. Oh my gosh. You know, I yelled that in the car. And I knew what Bigfoot or Bigfoots or whatever you want to say were supposed to look like because of Harry and the Henderson. Right. Or in search of, mm-hmm. you know, I had written a report about the Loch Ness Monster when I was a kid and, and there was some stuff about Bigfoot in that book, but I wasn't really interested. So I don't even remember if I read it. I saw a Bigfoot movie, you know, at the theater when I think I was eight years old. So I know what they were supposed to look like, but again, that was not anything that I was into or on my radar. So I was not out looking for Bigfoot. I just happened to see this thing. So that is what got me started because once I got home, I started reading everything I could doing, you know, Google searches and found out that that body of water, it's called Meander Reservoir outside of Youngstown, Ohio, which is where I live now. That has been a known place for Bigfoot sightings. So other people have seen them there. They say that they have. I have given talks like through the local park there, the city park, and people have come up to me and said, we saw, (laughs) there was a lady that said she saw one with a duck in its mouth you know, very specific, uh, detailed reports about this. Mm -hmm. So I started reading all of these things. And then I, uh, went to some talks for, by some other people that were, you know, interested in Bigfoot and, and learned what I could and flash forward. So it's been eight, almost nine years now, eight and a half years. Now I spend as much time on the Bigfoot topic as I do with the normal job. (laughs) You That's know, amazing. It really has become another job for me. Right. It, it made even more time on it between being out in the field, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't really know that I do that quite a bit because I don't, I post too much on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and stuff, but I don't really post that research that I do. So being out in the field and writing, I'm currently writing a book and working with my projects, you know, put that mm-hmm. all together and it's taken up a big chunk of my life. So I always say it doesn't matter to me whether what I saw that day was really 
a Bigfoot or not, it's what got me fascinated. It was the jumping off point for me being fascinated with this topic. That's amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't know if it was a squatch or not, but it was enough to make you... First thing that came to mind was squatch, and I'm sure you've <laughs> thought about like... it. I'm sure you thought about it over and over and over, and... Um... Every time we go past that spot, mm-hmm. I'm always looking. <laughs> looking. Yes. And, and one of the reasons, you mentioned that I'm a, a certified volunteer naturalist in Ohio. One of the reasons that I did that whole program through Ohio State University is because you can often get into like restricted areas Mm -hmm. and so I'm hoping like maybe someday I could go in there because it's closed like I've never even seen a person there because it's closed because of Homeland Security the Department of Homeland Security so you just go in there you know it's all fenced and it's wild and everybody wants to go fishing in there you know but um someday maybe I'll get to go look around in there (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. You know, you can, I mean, you can always go. I mean, I, I, for one, I volunteer to start a GoFundMe for bail money for Amy to go check that area. <laughs> I mean, just like my shirt says, um, babe supporting babes, you know, I am, I'm down to bail you out of jail. I could go on my bucket list. I mean, for a good purpose. It's for science. It's for it's science. Right. <laughs> Amy, can you get a little bit closer to your mic? A little yes. bit? Okay. All right. They're saying that you sound okay. a little tinny. Um, okay. Could be my equipment. I'm not sure. Um, okay. So what did you think of Bigfoot before you had your um, your sighting? I didn't think much at all mm-hmm. about the topic, but I didn't think it was real if I did. You know, I thought, well, maybe it used to be real. Used to you be. You know, maybe there used to be these things a long time ago. Um, I just was, I was interested in it as far as the mythology or folklore, because I like things like that, mm-hmm. but not enough to really study it or anything like that. I was just a totally normal person going over that bridge that day and saw something, like I said, that changed the course of my life right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. If I thought about it at all, I definitely didn't think it was real. Okay. Most people, you know, they say, Oh, well, they just lived in the Pacific Northwest and you know, the Patterson Gimlin film. Well, yeah. and that's, I that's guess, all Bigfoot ever was to them. So, right. I mean, I guess if, if I would have thought about it, yeah, it would be out there, but I definitely didn't think the Patterson, I didn't even know it was called the Patterson-Gimlin film. Right. I'm sure I've seen snippets of it on In Search Of or things like that, mm-hmm. but didn't, didn't think it was real. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so I wanted to ask, so how did, so you had your sighting and then what happened next? So did you go looking at reports? Did you, I mean... How did you get from that sighting to where you are now? Because <laughs> it's it's right. like, it's not even stair steps. You you climbed Mount Everest. Right now you're speaking I, about Bigfoot. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Well, the, I did. I started Googling things and saw that. And then one of the first things that will pop up even today are the BFRO reports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you search for Bigfoot and that pops up. And around that time, I think finding Bigfoot <laughs> was going you know, back then, because it wasn't too long after that, that I started watching that kind of like, okay, and I was impressed that Cliff was a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. And so 
it took me about a year before I submitted my report to the BFRO and I finally did because I thought it's it's a boring report I don't even know if it's um real you know Mm -hmm. like I don't even know what I saw for sure so I don't didn't know if they would even accept that report or want to hear about it Mm -hmm. but it ended up that they did and so I met some people through that through submitting that report went to hear some different people speak um started going to some conferences things like that and oh I guess about I guess it was about two years after I submitted my report so it had been around I think in 2015 if I'm right about that, that I was asked to join the BFRO. So I was a BFRO researcher for a few years. I'm no longer, but um, I was in there for a few years doing reports for them. So as I was doing their reports, I was also getting outside reports from other people. And then I started, you know, writing things. Mm -hmm. And then I started um, meeting other people. And I was like, I want to go look like I'm a, I'm a writer before I became a teacher. I was a writer and I didn't want to do everything behind a desk, you know, so, or, or everything on the phone. So I started going, looking around, you know, where are there a lot of reports happening? And although Ohio, there is a lot, my, one of my favorite places on earth is the Allegheny national forest in Pennsylvania. And there are a lot of reports out out of this a certain area mm-hmm. in the Alleghenies that I had grown up going to because my grandpa had a hunting cabin. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna set up a research area out there, and I started slowly gathering some different equipment, like you know, uh, audio recorders mm-hmm. and things, and camera traps. And I'm like, I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna camp out there, and I'm gonna learn you know try to figure out if anything's there so I do have a spot of my own you know everybody talks right. about their research area yeah their sacred <laughs> um, spot <laughs> yeah so, so I do have a spot out there that I pretty regularly get to and again I don't even some of my best friends don't know how often I'm out there because it's just kind of my own thing that I do mm-hmm. um trying trying to see if lightning will strike again yeah will pop up because other people have seen things But I started, um, before that, you know, I decided I'm going to start camping. So before I could go there, I'm like, I'm going to start camping. And I had grown up going to that cabin, but I didn't camp in a tent and I didn't know how to start a fire. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing. I was like so green. The first time that I, the first time that I tried to camp was actually a really funny story. Oh my gosh. You have to tell it though. You have to tell it. (laughs) It's so funny. Okay, so I went to hear somebody talk about Bigfoot at West Branch State Park in mm-hmm. Ohio. And I went there by myself. I had my little one, maybe it was a two-person tent, I guess. And I finally get my tent up. It took me forever because I didn't know what I was doing. I have my little chair and I have the fire pit. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how to start a fire. So I had brought with me like one Duraflame log. So <laughs> with that. I put that in the fire pit, mm-hmm. and I'm nervous, even though the whole campground was full of people, 
And I was, I think I got the last campsite. Now I know why it was the last campsite. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Nobody else wanted it. But uh-huh. I finally, like, I couldn't even light the lighter. Like, I didn't even know how to light a lighter. So that, that took me forever. I get oh, the, no. the Duraflame log lit, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm camping. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally, like, it's really dark, and I'm nervous, even though there's people, like, not far. Right. And I crawl in my tent. And I was terrified, (laughs) murdered. So I had brought with me this eeny weeny little padlock, and you know I zipped up the tent. I I put the little padlock in the zipper of the tent, thinking like, no, nobody's gonna like mice through the nylon. Yep. But I was able to sleep, and I woke up. My air mattress was actually floating. It had rained, (gasps) and it was. Like oh, all no. the rain rain down into my campsite. It never but, fails. No, it never fails. But you know what? <laughs> I, that was the day I was like, my life's gonna change. I am going I might never ever find Bigfoot or never see one, but I am going to try. Like I can do this. I have to learn a lot yes, since yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah. But I am gonna do this. So yes. I'm proud of myself. So I had to start somewhere. Yeah, that's how I started. It's a rite of passage. It is. Um, You know, you don't realize whenever you go out alone for the first time, it's scary. Like, you know, the first time I ever went camping alone, I mean, I went alone. I took my dog and myself and I went off into the woods. I didn't even go to a campground. I went off in the middle of the woods and I had the worst experience. I It was great until 430 in the morning when I had... Uh, some people drop a car off below my campsite, my where I was on a ridge, and they shot at it and set it on fire. And oh my God. I know. Oh, so that was my wow. my you know induction into solo camping. But um, it's a it is a rite of passage. I mean, you do you just have to do it, and you feel so accomplished afterwards. Um, yeah. I think so. You and I had had a discussion on um, being a woman and going into the woods, going camping, going out researching with people, male or female, um, and, and getting into this, uh, and getting into the research, getting into this topic and going out in the field as a woman, it's intimidating. It is very intimidating. And you, so you had told me that you had become, first of all, you had boned up on your camping skills and then (laughs) that you'd become a certified naturalist so that you could figure out what the heck you were doing. And so that you could feel more safe in the woods by being able to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So yeah, it wasn't just to sneak into the, or not, not sneak into that reservoir. <laughs> it was also, yeah. So I, I feel strongly that if you are going to try to figure out if sounds or footprints or whatever could be a Sasquatch, you have to know what is not a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. So you have yes. to like, learn about all these different animal calls and tracks and so I'm still learning that was just a jumping off point I went through that I started taking classes at a wonderful wonderful (laughs) place called the Midwest Native Skills Institute Mm -hmm. outside Cleveland Ohio and I still I want to take every class so I'm just you know a beginner there really but I want to be able to take care of myself and I feel like you know at that first trip out, you know, I, there were lots of people. All they would have had to do would be like help, and they. <laughs> yeah. But if I'm going to go out by myself, 
I need to be prepared. I need to be responsible. I don't want people to have to be looking for me. Yes. You know, like, so yes. I feel that as strongly. Um, so, yeah, I've learned a lot of different things. One of the things that I, I feel has to do with being a woman that I've learned <laughs> is um, my daughter and I were camping together. And she was a teenager at the time. And we were the only ones in this very remote campground. It mm-hmm. was a state park, but it was like on the, the shady side of the park. Like nobody ever <laughs> camped there. Right. And we went on a hike and we got back to our campsite around probably two in the morning. It seems like everything happens then. And where you park the car to where you can set up your tent is pretty far. So we mm-hmm. were starting to walk toward it. And I stopped her and I said, Anna, I don't feel right go back to the car we're going mm-hmm. back to the car and she's like wow <laughs> yeah i'm like go back to the car we'll wait till it's late and then we'll go to our tent and i don't know what it was but we we went back to the car she slept i tried didn't yeah. really sleep well <laughs> but when it got light out i'm like okay so i woke her up i'm like let's get out of here. we're all cramped and everything let's go back mm-hmm. to the tent so when we got there there were cigarette butts like all around our tent that hadn't been there before. So I always tell Mm -hmm. women or anybody like follow your intuition. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I smelled something or heard something, but I knew somebody was there. Right. Something. So, um, that's after that is when I got my concealed carry. Good, good. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So I am a very, and I don't go out, myself often mm-hmm. I do my one spot right and, you know that I'm very familiar with and everybody knows that I'm there um I do go there quite often but mm-hmm. normally I go with somebody else just to be safe but there's times when I when I don't listen to my own advice and because I like camping by myself I know me too <laughs> I enjoy it like yes. it's so peaceful yes in the middle of the night I might be scared out of my mind because right. I do because people will be like, oh, you're so brave. I'm like, no, not really. I just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I got, I'm got. i a good shot. The the uh, sheriff that did the class for us, she's like, you're a better shot than my deputies. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I'm the same way Um, in the respect of it was so peaceful. It's so peaceful. I mean, I remember laying in my hammock with my dog. And it was like, it was January or February and it was 20 degrees and there was frost on everything. And I'm laying there and I said, I'm addicted. I was like, I am, I'm doing this all the time. I'm never going out with anyone again. Like, it's just going to be me forever. This is amazing. And then that stuff happened and it was like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it that's was, scary. it was scary, but you know, I just, I got to get back on the horse and go do it again. That's all there is to it. Have you ever, have you ever read the book or seen the movie Wild about Cheryl Strayed? That I don't. Was a I don't think I have. Changing. You should watch. What I, I'm. All, I'm a reading teacher, so I'm reading <laughs> yes. Books, I love the movie, so mm-hmm. I watched the movie before I read the book. Yeah. But she went on that. She hiked the Pacific Crest Trail mm-hmm. by herself, yeah. and she was not experienced at all. And, right. And I just remember, like, one of the quotes, and I'm paraphrasing, is that, you know, we're especially women, like, we're afraid, like, mm-hmm. we can't help it. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, you know, I've been through things that have made me afraid. Mm-hmm. And so, but you got to tell yourself a different story that you're not afraid and right. you can do it. And, you know, I, I have friends and even relatives that get angry 
at me if I'm yes. out there by myself. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I personally am taking the risk because it's worth it yes. to me. So right. I, I love it. And so mm-hmm. do I do it all the time? No. Am I extremely careful? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I love being out there. Right. Right. And to me, that's what's worth it is being out there and, and that peace. And the confidence that I have in myself after I'm done, um, I mean, it's it's a rite of passage. You just, you have to yes. do it at least once. And the more you go out, the more you learn about your environment, about yourself, your limits, you know, how far you can push yourself. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's very important, but it's also important to be safe. You know, when I went out, I had um, told somebody where I was going exactly, you know, if you don't hear from me by noon, call in the dogs. Like, I mean, I was prepared. I had my gun. I was, I was ready. Um, and whenever I message, I text that person, whenever that was going on, I hid under my sleeping bag and texted him real quick. And he had his phone by his head. And the minute it went off, he texted me back and he was like, all right, I called the sheriff. I'm on my way. I mean, so I had safeguards in place, but you can get a personal GPS device. Yes. The Garmin inReach or something. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm just not, I'm not, like I said, I've, I've been through some things in my past yeah. where, you know, I, I, I have a reason to be scared. Right. <laughs> I'll just put it right. that way. No, yeah. But I'm just not going to live that way. Like, right. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm also stubborn. Mm-hmm. Same. (laughs) I caught so much crap from my male friends and female, but mostly males. I mean, to the point where later on they apologized. They were like, man, I was a total jerk. Like, I'm sorry that I yelled at you about going out alone. And I'm like, I mean, I see it as you're coming from a place of caring, But yeah, um, if my husband's okay with it, you really don't like, as even you're my friend, but you don't have any, you don't have the right to be upset with me. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, we're smart. smart. I mean, women, we are programmed from when we are small to watch our surroundings. We are programmed, you know, to always be on the lookout behind us, in front of us, around us. Um, if we are in the parking lot and a white van is parked next to our car when we come out from the store, we don't get in our car because there's a white van there. We don't park next to the white van. If we notice someone following us in the store, we take note of that. You know, women are trained from a very young age. We live in a different world. And so in the woods, I don't know about you, but I'm even more cautious in the woods, you know, because I, my biggest fear besides humans is a cat. I'm scared that I'm going to be stalked by a cat and I'm not going to know it. (laughs) That is my biggest fear. I mean, that's because I don't live in bear country. If I lived in bear country, I might be scared of that. I don't know. Depending, like Pennsylvania, I've met a lot of black bears in my Mm -hmm. adventures, but they don't bother you. Like, not that I would, like, hey, you know, come on over here, bear. But (laughs) they usually, like, disperse. You know, if you're out west and you get to some of those bears yeah yeah pass yeah pass but yeah the cats scare me too and people yeah and I get it I have friends like I said same as you I have friends that are worried I I acknowledge their worry Mm -hmm. I am as safe as I can be I I don't go out by myself somewhere I've never been Mm -hmm. I used to but now like if I'm in a totally unfamiliar area I would I would want to be with somebody else first right um 
to, to an extent, like if I'm just camping, that's one thing. If I'm hiking around in the middle of the night, you know, I'm not going right. to go out by myself and get hurt. And mm-hmm. you have to have some rescue confined. You know, <laughs> right. That. That's my biggest yeah. fear is I'm going to have to, I have a pride issue and I'm scared. I'm going to have, I mean, calling him, texting him that morning. I laid there for a good 20 minutes before I texted him because yeah. I, I hate admitting defeat. I mean, yeah. I have this pride issue and it's going to be my downfall. I already know that. Um, well, maybe not. Maybe not. You're just, some stubbornness like that. Stubborn. Good, it keeps us safe to some extent, I think. It so. does. Um, Patrick Vaughn in the chat said, be prepared, have a plan, and be armed. And, I mean, that's yes. that's perfect. You can't say it better than that. You can't. And now with this Midwest Native Skills Institute, like, yes. when I finally get to take all the rest of the classes, mm-hmm. a lot of it didn't do this year because of COVID. Right. Like, their, their final exam, if you want to call it that, is that... You are taken out in the woods, you have a knife, a blanket, and whatever you're wearing, and you have to survive for a week. And, you know, you have to make shelter and your food and water and fire, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. You know, me and my girlfriend log, I'm going to do it. Right. So I'm determined. I can, I can picture you smuggling that log, like, in your pants on the way out there. I can't. Like she's got, she's got like dryer lint, like puffed in her pockets. That is, that's an exciting graduation. It's like nerve wracking, of course, because surviving out there, you know, I can take all my food and everything and I'm still nervous, but it's also so exciting because when you get done, no, go ahead. Because no, he's yeah. training us like we do wild and edible medicinal plants and every awesome. season. And, you know, he's just awesome. Our, right. our trainer. So, yeah. That's so, awesome. Anyway, yeah. When I get done, I'm going to be so proud of myself. Oh, so I love course. having goals. Mm-hmm. I didn't have goals for a long time because I was kind of in a miserable situation for mm-hmm. a lot of my life. Right. So now they excite me. So, yay. No, that's amazing. <laughs> and, I think you're going to feel such a sense of accomplishment when you're done. And I do still use dry flame logs. If they're <laughs> I do. I, I make my little dryer lint candle wax fire yeah, starters and I use them. So I went camping with um, some friends in Kentucky, you know, five guys, great guys. And it had been snowing a blizzard when we went in and then the snow melted. We could not get a fire started or going and staying lit to save our lives. And so now, you know, used to, I was so cocky. I'd be like, yeah, I'm starting it with a magnifying glass or, you know, like friction burn. Yeah. You know, and now I will get my little dryer lint out and no, and I have no shame. shame I have no shame. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Y'all can do that over there. I'm going to be warm. And then (laughs) I was talking to Spencer Jameson. Actually, I texted him the last time I went camping And, um, you know, everyone that I went with had brought like beds of firewood and they were just chunking it in the fire and building this bonfire. And so when we were out there in Kentucky, like we could not keep that fire sustained. And I remember, um, I remember I texted him and I said, these people are so greedy with the firewood. It's freaking me out. Like I have PTSD from that trip because I mean, we could not get that fire to stay. It was awful anyways yeah. <clears throat> okay no, so there's no shame in the dry things like no. you know how to do it otherwise but if right. you have 
use them, people. Yes. Like, work smarter, not harder. You know. Yes. Save yes. Your, your energy, you know, because calories are few in the woods, all of that. Um, okay, so you said that you have goals. Speaking of goals, you have ABLE, which is your bucket list. What can you tell me about that? <laughs> I love it. ABLE, is, it stands for Amy's Bucket List Expeditions. And I, I probably shouldn't have named it. <laughs> I was thinking, my mom helped me. I was thinking of an acronym. You right. know, that would work. Um, because people often ask me, like, oh, an expedition, where can I sign up? But it's not really that I offer expeditions. I just go on my own. <laughs> right. Like, right. I mean, if anybody wants to come with me, they're welcome. But um, it's what I do all of my work, especially with kids under. I do a lot of events for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, awesome. 4-H, youth I love groups. Um, and so that's under my evil umbrella. Right. Uh, do things at libraries. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was asked to speak at a library in uh, Boardman, Ohio, several years ago, and that kind of just shot shot me forward yeah. I, I was surprised like okay I guess I'll do it. I'm a teacher so I'm not <laughs> right. scared to talk in front of people but I don't even remember how they got my name or anything All right but I but I went to that library and I think I might have told you this story before about the, the guy who came to that talk that wasn't supposed to be there I think so um, well I'll tell you again yeah so, tell me again that's really that's really what started this all for me so I'm doing this library talk and a lot of people came because not because it was me I always say but because Bigfoot is fascinating right right. so this gentleman came up to me I was talking to people afterwards and he came up to me at the end and and he just looks at me and he's like kind of shaking his head and he said you know I came to the wrong talk (laughs) he said he said you were here talking about Bigfoot and down the hall was the lady talking about the birds of Costa Rica. Oh. He said, I came here to listen to that talk. And it ended up, he was like the one of the heads of the Audubon Society in our area. And he said, I decided, eh, you know, I'm going to stay listening to this lady because he's probably crazy and it's going to be good for a laugh. And I'll tell everybody, oh, man. He said, I am fascinated oh, by this. Oh, that's awesome. And we started talking about it, and he's like, I'm going to tell my boss about you, and I'd love for you to come speak to the audience. That's wonderful. I know. I'm like, okay. You know, I just, I'm always, I'm an okay person. I'll be, somebody else will be like, okay, okay, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. And so he did. He contacted me. His boss was very skeptical. And I show <laughs> up at this talk, and there's all these Audubon Society people, bird watching people. And they're like, I really thought I was going to get rotten tomatoes. No. <laughs> I, was, I was more nervous for that talk than I've ever been, I think, even up till now. And I could see that. Wonderful. They were wonderful because I talked a lot about the Olympic project, which mm-hmm. now I'm part of at the time. It was just, I was fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. Talked about methods that we use when we're out in the field. And they were like, that's the same thing we do. Like we wait and you know, we're looking for something. And we mm-hmm. talked about the ivory build woodpecker that mm-hmm. isn't supposed to be around anymore. That and is. so <laughs> his boss came up to me at the end and he's like, I thought this was going to be stupid, <laughs> but Bigfoot is fascinating. It is. It is. So from yes. that talk, you know, I was, able, I was asked to do something for the Ohio division of wildlife. Um, they have an expo every year. And I really thought like first I was like really and then I thought I was going to be the entertainment like for kids or something (laughs) 
they put me, my table right between, I think I was between coyotes and dragonflies. And here I am with my Bigfoot stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> they're taking it seriously. Right. So, you know, that got me a lot of other opportunities. So ABLE anyway is my umbrella right. that I do a lot of that work with. And I, I have a bucket list. I started it because I know you know that I am a cancer survivor twice. Twice over. And twice over. Mm -hmm. um, happy to be here. And when I started, you know, getting brave with that Dirtling log and everything, and yeah. I'm like, I want to I do things. Like, I want to start living my life again. Mm -hmm. And it was that summer that my older brother passed away. And that was kind of the, kind of the impetus that I was like, okay, I want to do things. I've been given this time. I don't know right. how much. I'm doing well. Mm -hmm. 20 something years since I've had cancer the second time. Thank, thank you, God. And yeah. um, I'm like, I don't know. None of us know how much time we have. So I want to do stuff. So yeah. it happens to be that a lot of the things I want to do have to do with Bigfoot, but not everything. Right. <laughs> I have lots of other things on there too that I want to do. That's awesome. I mean, that's amazing that, you know, you you've survived twice, first of all, um, and that you're taking it and making, making your life what you want it to be. That's amazing. Very I, motivating. I'm very blessed. I'm yes. very blessed. And I am, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. You know, like people don't want to say that, but I am I'm right. proud of like what I dug myself out of and, and that I'm daring to do these things. And I want everybody to do that. Right. Like if I can inspire anybody to go, I don't care what it is you like to do. I like to go see if I can find Bigfoot. Right. But, you know, my number one thing on my bucket list is to be in a demolition derby. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I I can understand that. I think, you know, because go-karts are fun and the little, um, oh, the things at the fair. What are they called? Bumper cars. Like, those are yeah. okay, but I mean. I want to crash into people. I so, crash. said he's going to fix me up a car, but this year... You know, the fair, what, what isn't held, so maybe yeah. next year I'll focus on Well, I, I hope you get to do it soon. And there's I think there would be no better tension release than, you know, like wrecking somebody's car that's not yours. <laughs> no, <right? laughs> um, okay, so a lot of people in the chat want to know about Project Zoo Book. Okay. They have been very patient, and they've oh. been asking. <laughs> oh, I love it. I say about everybody, Project Zoo Book is my favorite Mm -hmm. I am so proud of the people in Project Zoobook and just what we've created together. I I am the co-founder of it, but it is all of us together. It's just the best group of people. So basically, um, I met online by accident a young lady mm -hmm. who was interested in going on a Bigfoot expedition, ended up that she wasn't able to go. But I, and she was disappointed, but I said to her and I, and I was messaging with her. I wasn't Facebook friends, knew nothing about her, but like you, I love when women are interested. Absolutely. So I try to encourage it. Absolutely. So I said, well, you know, if you live anywhere around her, and even if you don't, I travel a lot, I'll take you. You know, mm -hmm. she, she said she and some friends at her work were interested in Bigfoot. I'm like, you can come with me. I mean, I'm not going to charge you anything. Just come. No, right. I'm like, it's not like. It's not like rocket science. You just go camping and you hope something happens, basically. You know? <laughs> so, and it usually doesn't. So, yeah. you know. Um, but 
long story short, it ended up that she and her coworkers were not teachers like myself at the time or anything like that, but they were all the primate department of a zoo. Oh, <laughs> so, that's yeah. amazing. I know. So I, I'm like, what? So, I would have been so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So I'm like, oh, you know, I just wasn't used to that. And she's right. like, yeah, we take care of gorillas and chimps and all of these things. And while we're doing our work, like cutting up their food or whatever, they would play podcasts like Sasquatch Chronicles and mm-hmm. Monster X and different <clears throat> podcasts. And they were all interested. So they wanted to get into Bigfoot. And I'm like, okay. So what happened was she and myself, we were, we started chatting and I was supposed to be speaking out in Oregon and I didn't know, like I was asked to talk out there and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like there was like Peter Byrne was going to be there. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Whatever. So I asked her like, do you have any like suggestions, like an angle, like, the primate angle that I look into. Well, it ended up like being this big discussion and then other people joined in and I asked other people to join in and basically we're now like a think tank. We call ourselves. That's awesome. Where we have, it's so awesome. We have researchers, but we also have now, now after these years, we have um, anthropologists, primatologists, zoologists, mm-hmm. like she is, um, we had an entomologist just join us on a call. Uh, I don't know. I still don't exactly know. What it was, <laughs> but I was hoping he was like, it was like some Jurassic Park type of thing. <laughs> but no, he was wonderful. Um, lots of ologists, wildlife biologists, um, so many very smart people that are interested in Bigfoot. Not right. all of them are believers, if you want to say right. that, but I'm not. Like, I, yeah. I think Bigfoot is real, but I'm not 100%. And I, I, um, enjoy skeptics and I welcome them. We Mm -hmm. all do, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but every last one of them who has joined a call or done something with us has said the same words. We had no idea there was so much going on. We had no idea there were all of these sightings and people actually doing scientific research you know they didn't know and so it's exciting so we do our zoom calls now that's awesome Um, some of us have gotten together uh two of the main primate zoologists flew out with me to the olympic project nest site two years ago we're supposed to go this year but that got canceled because of covid but you know they're getting involved Mm -hmm. and so it's so exciting. So exciting. That's amazing. And it's a big reason I do podcasts and things like this because right. that's a, a way that I have gotten a lot of scientists involved. That's awesome. I mean, I think that when I first heard about it and heard everything that was going on, all I could think to myself was like, that's brilliant. Like, that's that's what we need. We need to tap all these different areas of science and, and kind of... Um, I don't even remember the word that I thought of, but kind of like, you know, feel them out and see if we can use yeah. any of that information to apply to this topic. Yeah, we so. are. Like, we're, we're, we're going to be applying for different grants and things. Mm-hmm. We're starting a um, website, uh, Facebook awesome. page where we want people to be able to, like, ask specific scientists specific questions. Right. Um, and at first, you know, it was very under the radar. Nobody knew about it. And mm-hmm. I was fine with that. Right. I kind of become the face of it because <laughs> a lot of our scientists, 
especially then, didn't want to be out in public because mm-hmm. they could get in trouble. Right. You know, yeah. At a new or a university, we have mm-hmm. a college professor. You know. Um, right. They can get in trouble for that. You know, we have marine biologists in yeah, our group. And, yeah. And I came up with the analogy because somebody's like, well, why would they get in trouble? And I said, well, to a lot of people, a wildlife biologist or a primate zoologist or an anthropologist telling their boss that they are interested in looking for Bigfoot yeah. would be the same as one of our marine biologists telling their boss they're going to go look for SpongeBob. You know? Or, <laughs> yeah, the Loch Ness Monster or something, you know, yeah, I mean, plesiosaurs. Yeah, but but they're like even worse than that. Like they right. think of Sasquatches as a cartoon. As a like they're like this is stupid. Yeah. So they're really risking their reputations. But we have, um, you know, come a long way, I guess. And yeah. we have always said uh, Shane Corson from the Olympic Project, Love who's him. a good friend of mine. <laughs> I know he's the best. Um, he often talks about um, Dr. Bender Noggle mm-hmm. and his dream of wanting the subject of Bigfoot to be less taboo. So mm-hmm. we've kind of been one of the groups that have taken up that torch and are running with right. it. And I know we're not the only ones out there, no. you know, that are involved in science. There's so many good groups and individuals that, that are doing the same thing, but it's just the only thing that I've been involved in. So I get really excited about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's, um, there are just so many people that, that they think Bigfoot's a joke and they don't understand, you know, And I always tell, you know, first of all, when I talk to people, I said, you know, if you're going to, you know, make jokes, I don't really want to talk to you. But if you have questions, I am happy to answer them. And I tell them, Bigfoot researchers are the biggest skeptics there are. I said, a good Bigfoot researcher will, you know, deduce every single possible thing that it could be besides a Bigfoot until they get to the last thing. And if there's nothing that it could possibly be, then we say it is possibly a Bigfoot. It could be, yeah. It could be, sure. you know. But Sherlock and, Holmes, that's what Sherlock yeah. did. And so I thought we were doing the same thing. And I tell and people that. that's reason I, I thought, you know, went through the OCBN, the Certified Volunteer Naturalist Program, is that I can go somewhere and I can do a Bigfoot program, but I can mm-hmm. also do one on insects or whatever, mm-hmm. or tracks or whatever. And my... When I talked to, like, I, I talked to um, the entire biology department at a at a university, <laughs> state university, yeah. and I was talking to them about Bigfoot, and I said, you know, whether or not you think it's goofy or you think that mm-hmm. it couldn't even be true, why not harness the power of these people that are out in the forest an yes. awful lot? Yes. And we might never, you know, I'm prepared to never find anything mm-hmm. but we might and yeah. it might not be bigfoot we might find a new insect yes, or a new a flower new species or something yes. like that so why not use us so absolutely I'm trying to um take that angle if you will absolutely no that's a great way to put it and you know i actually had this conversation recently is that whenever um, Bigfoot is proven to exist, we will go from researchers to conservationists. We will be the first on the forefront, um, you know, saying we got to protect these habitats. Here's all the information we have to protect them. This is what we know. And I think that's extremely important. Yes, we might have to have a specimen to prove it. And I, you know, Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping someone stumbles across one, throws it in the back yes. of a pickup, and yay, here we go. Find one that died peacefully. Yes. Time. You know, it yeah. it was startled by a hunter, and it was old, and it killed over. You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But um, I'm not saying, you know, 
But I'm just saying, like, we are going to be the conservationists. Like, we will switch all of us from researchers to conservationists. And I think that's, there's a lot of groups that are already dedicated to that. That's, you know, their aim, and that's amazing. Um, I mean, I, but I do agree. You know, I used to do this segment on Night Colors a million years ago called Footers in the Field. And every week... I would um, cover a new species that had been found, whether it was in Brazil or America or England, you know, and we're finding new species all the time and we're out, we're all out there in the woods. I mean, so they should use us, you know, send us out and hey, you guys report back with findings on what's going on with the flora and fauna of, you know, Ohio, (laughs) you know. Right. And you can do like these micro studies and Mm -hmm. that's, you know, in Project Zoo Book, we've been talking about that, like um, setting up, and we already do that. You know, I'm in the Olympic Project group now, but, you know, Shane and Derek are out there and they're right. um, out in the Pacific Northwest doing their thing. And we have a lot of crossover because Shane's in the in Project Zoo Book and I'm in the Olympic Project. And so there's a lot of crossover, but, and then I'm doing my thing in the Alleghenies and then we have people doing their things here and there and whatever. And then if we can hook them up with different scientists that are interested in a certain area or a certain thing, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of advising us from behind the scenes and then they're also joining us. So that's awesome. It's really fun. I bet that's so educational. Like I'm, I'm just a sponge for knowledge. I, 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 there's a saying that if you, you know, think you're done learning, you might as well just, you know up and die because you should always be wanting to learn. You should be a continual learner until the day you pass. And especially when it comes to nature, I feel like there's nothing, you can never know everything that's out there in the woods. You can never know everything and everything you learn will help you. For me, I'm so bad about this, but everything I learn helps me be a better researcher. You know, like I'll learn some fact on National Geographic about, I don't know, I don't even remember. I was watching it with my son and I was, there was some animal that did something and I was like, ooh, I was like, I bet I could apply that to Bigfoot research, you know, like I have an addiction. I'm not, I am an addict. I'm a Bigfoot (laughs) research addict. (laughs) Yes, me too. Yes. Okay. So Project Zoo Book is obviously amazing. Um, I... I'm very grateful that you're doing this and that you are the face, that you've made the sacrifice to be the face of Project Zoo Book. And I can't wait to see what success it brings us and what, you know, education it can bring us. Thank you. I mean, I've had a lot of blessings from it. I've mm-hmm. gone to travel a lot of places. So, you know, I just never set out to be a speaker or anything like that. Right. So I'm happy to do it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's just not, wasn't something that I ever thought of. Right. So, yeah. But a lot of blessings, personal blessings, and just getting mm-hmm. to work with these people. So it's it's not been a, a bad thing at all. It's been all good. That's awesome. Um, okay. I wanted to talk about some an upcoming project of yours. Um, and then I will ask the questions from the chat because they have been okay. so patient. Um, okay. So you're writing a book. Mm-hmm. I am so <laughs> proud of you and I'm so excited. Like, what can you tell me about this book? Oh, I get a little emotional. I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, So basically, I had met a gentleman several years ago at a Bigfoot event um, that I had an inkling that he might have a story inside of him. Mm -hmm. So his name is Tom Page, and a lot of people have heard of him and a lot of people haven't. Mm -hmm. 
but basically he was a benefactor, if you want to put it that way, of both Roger Patterson and Peter Byrne right. after Tom Slick died. A lot of people know about Tom Slick, you know, mm-hmm. the millionaire um, mm-hmm. Texas oilman who funded a lot of things. Right. Well, Tom Page came along after that, and he was very well-to-do mm-hmm. himself, mm-hmm. Um, and he was known. He even got uh, an award, you know, and recognition um, from Lauren Coleman's museum and mm-hmm. stuff because he, you know, helped fund these different expeditions and things. Well, I had a hunch that maybe he didn't just fund them. Maybe, like, maybe he knew more right. than he knew he knew. So yeah. it took me two years to find him. I had met his oh girlfriend at a like Christmas party, mm-hmm. and then they they disappeared, and I didn't know what where he went. And I called like every he was he was elderly, although I am too now. I feel like no, <laughs> I don't even know, but I don't even like that word. But you know, right, um, right. So I called. I think every single assisted living or nursing home in the greater Cleveland area. Oh my gosh. That's where I heard through the grapevine that he was. Right. And all of them would tell me, they couldn't tell me if he was there, but they could tell me if he wasn't there. So okay. I was like checking them off and couldn't find him. I know it was, it was how they <laughs> word things and they're, they're okay. like, I can tell you he is not here. So HIPAA, I don't know what they would have said. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they would have said otherwise, but um, <laughs> I just kept looking and looking and finally very by chance, you know, if you, if you look at all of my stories or things I've done, it's Mm -hmm. always an accident, an accident just happened. I don't really believe in that. I think like, I feel like there's a path laid out for me and I'm just, you know, following Mm -hmm. as best I can. But so I found him and I called him up and I said, Mr. Page, you probably don't remember meeting me, but I, my name's Amy and I would, just love to meet you. Would you ever want to talk about your Bigfoot experiences or the time that you spent with Roger Patterson? And not, I had no idea what he was going to say. Right. And I'll just never forget. He's like, it's a phone call. And he's like, I would just be tickled to death oh, to talk to someone. That's amazing. That. And, you know, he said, and he was in his late eighties at the time. Right. And he said, nobody ever wants to talk about that. So I found him and I started going to lunch. I would take him to lunch at his favorite restaurant, drive up to where he was. My mom came with me some of the time and I was able to meet one of his daughters and another family member because I I wanted them to know, like, I'm not this crazy. Right. You're not trying to take him for a ride. Yeah. So got their blessing to talk to him. We just spent hours over our hot turkey sandwiches and chocolate cake (laughs) and things of milk. Um, He was telling me stories and I was right. He, he wasn't just the money, Mm -hmm. you know, he was a big game hunter and he was very interested in the Yeti when, you know, the, those expeditions back in the Mm -hmm. sixties and stuff were going on. And then when the Patterson Gimlin film came out and we were supposed to have something here, he's like, ah, I can just focus here. Mm -hmm. And so he, he did spend a lot of money on helping Roger before Roger passed away. And then Peter, but he went too. So he did this so he could go along. So he was with them during a lot of the things that he, that they were doing. And so I just have story after story of different experiments they tried and, um, tactics that they did and he let he allowed me to um, record him telling these stories as well so 
we awesome. you know we would get together as often as we could we were writing it together basically mm-hmm. and then this um, earlier this year you passed away unexpectedly and so mm-hmm. I have right. been I took some time away from writing it because absolutely he became like a grandpa yeah you're right really you get did. close I to people love him. and so I'm like I don't know if I can finish this without him and not knowing if there's anything I hadn't learned you know and right. but now I'm back I'm back at it and I'm like okay it might not be perfect it you know maybe he would have said things better right but I'll do my best to uh to make it good for him I think I mean it's an honor that you get to share his story and I think that you're the best person to do that and I'm not trying to make you cry I'm sorry um but I I think that you're supposed to share it. You're supposed to continue on. And I think you're going to do a great job and I cannot wait for you to publish. And of course I will promote your book through my show and all of my different projects. Um, you know, that's, that's wonderful. And I, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's going to be a great book because nobody's heard these stories. Right. Not not that I know of, you know, he gave me some different, he gave me some, some film footage Mm -hmm. and different things. And, um, one of the things he gave me was something I, I asked Todd Prescott, who's like the guru of all the historical films right. and stuff, you know. Yes, yes, um, he is. <laughs> about it. And so he, he knew about that one and, and he's actually been able to share some of it, which makes me happy because I wasn't sure what to do with it. Like, I'm like, obviously, I don't want to make any kind of a profit off of it. I just wanted people to be able to see it. Yes. I feel like it's important. And so I'm kind of glad Todd's running with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Takes it off my shoulders. <clears throat> right. But I do have some other things that I'm still being, um, I don't know what's on these uh, film reels and stuff that mm-hmm. I'm getting put on to uh, rest- get, getting them restored. Right. So we'll see what's oh, on there. But it's going to um, be awesome. I feel very blessed again and right. just to have known him. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to get to know him in addition to getting this story, you know, it makes it even more important that you publish this story and his, his, his side of things and his works, you know? Um, okay. Okay. Let's get to the questions real quick. Um, sorry. Cryptidville, Mark, um, Mark Maycheck. He said, what has been your creepiest slash scariest experience while investigating? Oh, boy. I'm always creeped out, but I'm always creeped out, like, not for legitimate reasons. Like, I scare myself all the time. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I was at an expedition in 2018 in southern Ohio, And this, I would call my second possible sighting because the first one was from too far away to be sure. Mm -hmm. And this one was through a FLIR camera. So it was, again, I'm not positive what it was, but um, it was dark. Um, There were four of us sitting. We were a seated team. Uh, I had been the one traipsing through the woods the night and the night before that and the night before that. Mm -hmm. So we were going to leave, but there were some people that still wanted to go out that night and it was drizzly and yucky. But my friend who was holding the expedition asked if I would stay. So I said, of course I'll stay. So I was there with this seated team and, um, a lot of things happened. Like we smelled something, 
strange and I was hearing some footsteps and that really creeped me out because down where the footsteps were coming from there was a cemetery and I'm like oh, I'm not out here for ghosts no. I'm out here <laughs> so but it was just kind of unsettling it was dark you know and I was yeah. sitting on the like tailgate or whatever of the one guy's truck and we're he had a FLIR like a FLIR scout right a small right. one yeah and this gentleman he's a friend of mine and he was only there to support his wife who really wanted to be there. <laughs> Just like Lester, my fiance was one of the people there and he was right. only there to support me. So, so like the two women, we're like the ones running the end. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he's looking through the clear though. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden like this very quiet man, he just jumps up and like almost hit his head and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, what is that? What is that? And, and he's like, Amy, come here, look at, look, look at this. And, and I didn't want to take it because, you know, like if you are bird watching or something, you're right. not supposed to move the um, binoculars because right. then you might lose it. So yes. I'm like, you just keep looking at it. He's like, no, you've got to see this. So I look and we were at the top of a, um, a cut that had um, like radio towers, mm-hmm. you know, and. And so it went downhill to this right. like river mm-hmm. and then back up the other way. So we were at the, a power line cut. We were at the top right, sitting yeah. there. So I'm looking and walking down the power line cut was this really large figure. And it was, you couldn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like you could, well, where is it? It was there. And so I didn't like, I didn't know what to do. And, and we were going back and forth and, and it got down that pretty quickly. Like from the, from the first part that we saw it, we knew it was like the second tower down mm-hmm. and you could see the residual heat still on the stone base of the tower. Right. And so it was there and then it zipped down this cut and I've been there in the daytime and I know you can't go that fast. So yeah. it was booking down. And the craziest part, I happened to be looking through the FLIR when it went, got to where the river embankment is, and it just went right over. And a person could possibly get down there, but you'd mm-hmm. have to turn around and, like, hold on to things and right. try not to fall. And it just, like, disappeared over that. And so we were just, like, oh, my God. Like, And this is a place that there have been a lot of um, sightings again. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I wasn't expecting to see anything. The other team, one of the other teams had been coming through the woods and was supposed to come out on the other side of that river, but they weren't there yet. Okay. They finally made it. So they're fleering on their side. Right. We were trying to see anything that we could see from our side. Um, the guy in charge, um, he, he said, just stay where you are. Like, don't go down there. Like yeah. my stupid maybe inclination was to go down <laughs> to go down there and like try to find it i mean and i would have so, done the same thing <laughs> and, but while they were coming back and they had to get in their cars and come back to to us um lester god bless him mm-hmm. he was our guinea pig because uh jesse he doesn't mind if i use his name mm-hmm. he, he and i were like okay well we want to kind of see if we can tell how big this thing was while it's fresh in our absolutely lester walks down and we're like keep going keep going so he's he gets to that second tower and i'm like oh my gosh like he's so little like he was nothing and on those scouts like you can't zoom in or out like it it is what it is Mm -hmm. and so i was like come back (laughs) what a trooper (laughs) what a trooper he is (laughs) so sweet 
So he comes back, and then the other the other team gets here. And in that team, a very good friend of mine, his name is Kevin, mm-hmm. and we call him Big Kevin because he is six foot nine, I believe, mm-hmm. very tall. Guy. He's a bigfoot. And so we started doing some some experiments with him and some mm-hmm. of the other guys, like. We would look at them through the fleer and they would hold up two fingers or, right. you know, mm-hmm. they'd be standing next to each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we can, t- we can see it's you. <laughs> like, you're right. not fooling us. Like, we can tell it's a person. You could, There were deer behind us. You could tell they were deer. Um, this thing, we could not figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So we put Kevin down to that first spot that we saw it. And I've never, Lauren, never in my life felt like I was in, like, an Elizabethan novel. I've never fainted before. And I didn't faint. But I had to grab Jesse and, like, my knees buckled. Right. I'm like, oh, like, Kevin's six foot nine, and it was way bigger. Oh, my gosh. And way wider than him. So what we did, and I think it was a really good thing, um, David, who was the head of things, he's like, okay, I don't want you and Jesse to talk. So he separated us. Lester and I ended up going to a hotel that night Mm because we had already taken down our our tent and Mm -hmm. everything. We were going home. And so, but he wanted to like interview us and stuff. So we got a hotel in the next town. We had to drive a bit. Right. And um, we didn't, Jesse and I had to talk. Nobody talked to each other for a good, at least two weeks. It might've been three. And right away when I I was all muddy and gross, but I Mm -hmm. sat down at the desk in that hotel and I wrote down everything I could remember and drew a picture. Good. And then Jesse did the same back at their their camper, I think they had. And everything matched up and our pictures were very similar. That's so good. It was just like, ooh, and getting like, even though like the practical side of me that wants to be super, super, um, honest about things mm-hmm. and not jump to conclusions right. says I don't know what it was right it makes me like oh. yeah <laughs> yeah excited because I can't explain it right what it looked like was a walking Christmas tree almost like, like you could see the movement of of arms and legs but mm-hmm. it was it wasn't like this pointy but it was pointier and broad mm-hmm. like going down to broad shoulders and we both had the same picture that's awesome it. And I was trying to gauge like how tall it was, and in my picture, I I drew Lester, mm-hmm. I drew the t- the radio tower, mm-hmm. I drew Lester, Kevin, and this thing, like oh, pretending they awesome. were all standing there at the same time. Right. Yeah. And and I drew Lester's head hitting right to Kevin's shoulder because in my head that would be about right. Right. Well, we like a few days later we got a um we got a photo of everybody that had been at that expedition mm-hmm. and Lester was standing in front of Kevin and his head hit right at his shoulder. Oh, that's awesome. This, I know. So I like that at least. It I validated that. Yeah. And then this other thing was way bigger. But right. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was very exciting, but it was definitely creepy, you know, that's being out awesome. there by ourselves and rainy and something yeah. was smelly and footsteps and it was, it, it's scary. It's scary. That's an awesome encounter though. And I love that you immediately wrote it down. And so did Jesse. Um, I tell people that all the time. Um, if you have an encounter, write every single detail down immediately because your brain is going to try to talk you out of it. You yes. are going to start making, does. yes, it does you'll start things. trying to make allowances and, oh, well, that was just this. And Maybe I didn't see this, and right. yeah, And we that's tried to good. think anything it could be. Like you said, you tried to think anything else it could mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. Like, could it have been a deer? 
going straight and its head was up and right. no, no, it that's too thick. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just try to think. All to me, all it could have been was a Sasquatch or somebody faking that they were one with right. some big rig thing. I don't know, but just how it showed up in the FLIR, it was very, uh, it was hot all yeah. over, not like somebody wearing clothing. Yeah. So that's that's amazing, and I think you know. It's hard to get definitive proof. It's difficult, but those little things like that are little gems that keep us going. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, have you ever experienced anything paranormal while you're while you've been out researching, like orbs, lights, ghosts, anything like that? Yes, um, once. You know, I I always I, I don't think I've said this yet on tonight. Um, I am a. a primate girl you know mm-hmm. i i think that if bigfoot exists that they're probably primates but i don't know if i'm right you know and right. i don't have a problem with people that think otherwise mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you get people in the community that fight about it and and i'm like there are all kinds of things we don't know about and don't understand so if right. somebody else comes along and they can prove it's an alien or if it's supernatural i do not have a problem with that it's just that i'm interested in apes I'm interested in gorillas and is there a connection or something. So that's just what I focus on. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that. Um, I haven't had a lot of things happen, but one time in Kentucky and we were kind of taking a break because we had been hiking around and get tired. And there was um, a red light that was over, like I'm sitting there. So over to my left, kind of in the distance, just a little bit. And I just absolutely knew it was one of us standing there like maybe they had a camera it looked like a um looked like a what do you call that like a infrared right Mm -hmm. what like a laser light or something you know or something that was clicking from an led light that's what it looked like and i thought somebody was standing there so somebody asked where's so and so and i'm like well they're right they that must be them right there Mm -hmm. and from behind me he's like no i'm right here and I've never done this before. I've never just like blasted my light on, but it startled me so much. Like I, I put my headlamp on and nobody was there. And I still don't know, like we tried to figure out different angles. Could there have been somebody walking back there? We couldn't figure out how, uh, and other people had seen these lights too. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a common phenomenon there that these red weird lights will show up. Um, and I had that happen in one other place in Ohio, uh, where, and they, it almost looked like eyes, but they were just real tiny. Um, not like you hear, but eye glow or eye shine. It wasn't like that. Just these two red dots that looked electronic, but there was nothing there. And we looked for, was there like some kind of a marker on the trees? No. So that, I mean, I don't know if you call that paranormal. I just call it, I don't know what it was, Right. but that was strange. That, yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've seen an orb and, um, I've, I've been told not very nicely, um, not to talk about it the way I do, but, um, I wasn't happy when I saw it. I was really upset because I want to see, I want to see a Bigfoot. I don't want to see an orb. Right. Right. And you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be told that you shouldn't talk about it. Well, you're going to talk about not, not, not talk about it. They were fine with me talking about the orb. It's that I kept saying, I'm so 
pissed that I saw an orb. I'm so mad. And, and, um, my friend was like, some people would love to have seen that. So you shouldn't downplay it. And I'm like, Okay, that's great, but I don't want to see that. I want to see no, a Bigfoot. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I thought you meant, like, some people will say, oh, that will discredit you. And I'm like, no, if you have a weird thing happen, say it. Like, yeah. Because we don't know. Yeah. A lot of things that are considered paranormal, I think, mm-hmm. can be explained. We just don't know how to explain them yet. Yeah. No. So um, they're not going to be paranormal anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. There's, there's weird things that happen that. I don't have right. the corner market on Bigfoot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know um, either. <laughs> on that note, do you think there's a connection between Bigfoot and UFOs? Personally, I don't... I... I don't know. Like, I feel like I should have a better answer, but I don't know. Like, I don't think there has to be. Mm-hmm. I think that they really could be just, like, Cross River Gorillas or Billy Apes or the new orangutan that was found in Asia mm-hmm. not too long ago. They could be a natural, earthly mm-hmm. thing. Right. So I don't think there has to be. I don't, I don't, in my brain, I don't have to make that leap. Now, I yeah. know a lot of, there are a lot of reports um, of people seeing both. And so what do I do with that? I can't, I can't just ignore it. Do I focus on that? No. Cause like I said, my interest is somewhere else, but I listen, you know, and if, if it ends up being that, like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I have a, I have a really cool cast that I was bequeathed that somebody gave me. That <laughs> I was hate that word. Sam Sherry. I know. It was from <laughs> Sam Sherry from the uh, Chestnut Ridge in Pennsylvania. Oh, right. Yeah. And one of those casts that was supposed to be with you know, the aliens, you know, the UFOs and everything. So that's one of my prized possessions, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, those were from Cryptidville and tactical Bigfoot research wants to know when is Amy coming to New York to do some research? Oh man, I will tell you, I would love to, I absolutely love upstate New York. I think it's one of the most beautiful places ever. I've been, um, I've been there several times before I became interested in Bigfoot, you know, um, Mm -hmm. been over in the Adirondacks, which I love. And so I would love to come up there. Uh, I was supposed to be there actually a few years ago and I was in New York, but it ended up that I had a friend who was in New York City mm-hmm. during that same time, and I had the chance to go there and see the city and all of this stuff, and I'd never been, so I kind of tossed the camping away and went, went to the city. Like, I mean, I would have to. <laughs> but I would love to to be up there in mm-hmm. New York. Lots of cool sightings up there. Oh, I usually, yes. like, I drive through the bottom of New York when I get over to certain parts of the Alleghenies, like, in oh, the... Right. Oh, I can't even think of the the county there, Bradford County. You know, yeah. I'll go from Ohio that way, but I'd love to go. I don't know. She doesn't have a definitive answer, but one day. <laughs> um, Greg Samples, great question. Great question. If Amy could go searching for Bigfoot with any researcher, past or current, who would it be? Oh, man. <laughs> I have different answers. 
I would love, I know Shelly coming to Montana and even you yourself, mm-hmm. like have talked about like doing a girls only, yeah. you know, female only trip. And I think that would be fantastic. So absolutely. Anybody does that. I'd love to be a part of it. So that would be one answer. Um, second place on my bucket list. <laughs> and he's not even a Bigfoot researcher, but just, you know, fascinating person and a good friend of mine is Adam Davies. Mm-hmm. I just, he's just such a good guy. I really yeah. like him. And so I, I have always, we were supposed to do something together this past summer with a group, um, with the Extreme Expeditions Northwest, which I've done some stuff with them before, and then it got canceled. We were supposed to be out in Alaska, Yeah, it got canceled because of COVID, so I would love to do something else with that team, but um, I'd like, you know, I'd like to be out there with Tom Page, my friend, you know, after mm-hmm. hearing his adventures and yeah. all the old timers and stuff. Absolutely. So I th- cool. Yeah. Um. Well, you're on my bucket list to go research with, oh, so yeah, <laughs> so I think we should definitely make that a thing. Um, definitely, I've never been to Ohio. I'm out. just saying, 2021 goals. You're out in a PA too. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll make it a thing as soon as COVID calms down and I can travel yes. freely about the There's country. So many that that question, like as soon as we're done, I'll be like, oh, I should have said this or that. There's so many. I know. I would be the same way and. It's just, it's, that's a, that's a really good question, but it's really difficult because, oh my gosh. I mean, I, can we break that into like pieces of the country that I would like to go oh, in, you know, like parts of the world? To be this past year, I was going to go out with the Navajo, mm-hmm. um, that got canceled understandably. And, right. and so that group of people I would like to be with, yeah. I would love to research with JC Williams sometime. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I think that he's, he's one of the people that I would choose to be. Bigfoot of the year or whatever right you want know, like he he's out there you know and then I have been able my my dreams of being out with Derek and Shane and those guys out yeah. the OP have come true so that's more amazing. that please yeah those are also on my bucket list so. yeah oh you have to come it's so great oh I can't yeah I really want to um okay final question what is Amy's in oh, sorry second person what is your end goal with your research my end goal, you know, I have a couple different ones. Personally, I want to see a Bigfoot. <laughs> like, Definitively. I want to see one, so I am absolutely sure they're real. Right. So it could just stop there. And I'm like, okay, they're real. All right. Um, but, you know, as far as Project Zubo goes, we've talked about that or uh, anything else. Like what you were saying before, I would like to be a part of protecting the species. Mm -hmm. So the end goal would be, I feel that it's just a matter of time before they would be proven to be real if they're real. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would like to be somebody that would advocate for them as a species. So whether that's, you know, protective laws or Mm -hmm. however you'd have to go about it. Mm -hmm. But Personally, I just would really like to see one to make sure that they really are real. That's that's my end goal as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm a believer, but I want to be a knower. Yes. And I think I'm a knower, but I want to have my own experience, you know. It depends on the day. Some days I wake up and I'm, like, absolutely sure they're real. And then other days yeah. I'll be like, honey, am I wasting all my time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. being honest. But I don't think so. I don't think there's ever a waste of time. First of all, for something you're passionate about. And secondly, just to be out in nature. And Mm -hmm. how does that waste any time? It doesn't. 
Yeah, no, I think, you know, that's what I tell people there. I'll come back from a weekend and they're like, did you find Bigfoot? And I'm like, no, but I got to be in one of the most beautiful places in Oklahoma or Arkansas or Texas or wherever. And any weekend that I can be in nature is a, is a perfect weekend. If I have some Bigfoot activity, that's a perk, you know? Yes. Yes. That's why I'm out there. But, um, I've been doing this for 20 years and have not had a sighting. And so, you know, I get disgruntled and I get really sad because I keep going out and I don't have a sighting. I don't have an experience. And so I've learned to just be grateful to be able to go yeah. out. And, and it's what makes you believable. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you people trust you because right. you're not just out there feeling you have to make something up. Right. So, no. No. you know, <laughs> Peter Burns never seen one and he's been doing it for how long? Right. There's, so, there's so, so many. Yes. There are. There are yeah. quite a bit that have not seen one. And that gives me hope. I'm like, yes. oh, it's so frustrating. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I I get to go out in nature. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's my favorite place to be. That's, you know, I tell people that's my church. Um, you know, Mother Nature, that's, that's where I worship. So I'm completely fine with that. And it refills me and... And I'm at peace. Amen. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) So thank you so much for coming on tonight, Amy. I, I'm, I'm just honored to have you on and you already know that because I've already told you a million times. Um, same way I do. I feel like, like I sound like Tom Page now, but it just tickles me. (laughs) I I feel the same way. Like I, I really don't feel worthy of that, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Though. I mean, I'm honored. And, um, Ian, Keep doing everything you're doing. Don't stop. Don't back off unless it's for some self-care. Don't let anyone get you down because the things that you're doing, all these amazing things that are taking off for you right now, the things that you've told us about tonight and the things that you haven't shared with everybody, um, keep doing that because you are kicking ass for the Bigfoot community and for female researchers everywhere. And that's... That's something, (laughs) that's something that, I mean, that's so important to all of us. So thank Thank you for everything you do. I feel the same way. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. You have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane, and and keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Good night. Good night. Good night. Okay, everybody. That was an amazing show with Amy Boo. You guys, I love her so much. She is she's such a positive, um, spirit and, and, and personality and just, you know, really gung ho to go do everything that she's doing and, uh, do that for the Bigfoot community. Okay. So our next guest, like I said, we have ladies month coming up. Our next guest is Kathy Strain, who is one of my personal favorites. Um, she is doing big things in the community as well. She's part of the North American Wood Ape Conservancy, um, really knowledgeable on Bigfoot research and um, years and years of experience. I cannot wait to talk to her. You guys, be sure and tune in January 3rd, same time, same bat channel, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube. Um, and if you can't catch us live, you can always watch the next day or you can um, catch us on Podbean or any podcast app of your choosing. If you don't see us on the podcast app that you listen to, uh, just shoot me a message and let me know, and I will uh, work to get that fed over to that feed for you. So thank you for tuning into the show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Please drop a comment and let me know what you thought of the show, as well as who you would like to see me interview in the future. 
And don't forget to check out the Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio social media sites that I mentioned earlier for extra content and info on upcoming shows. You guys stay safe, stay open-minded, and be kind, you guys. I will see y'all next time.